but the bad tax is why we need the bad tax. Anybody's questions, comments, praise for Deborah Price. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, it's very hard to sit here and uh, having watched you on TV and so on and just uh, listen to your words. David Councilman when he came in and said he's a rock star. So, but having said that, let me ask the question. Um, there was an article yesterday that said that literally hundreds of local and state government agencies are being looked at, disbanded, merged because of the fact that they have to. Uh, we have requirements and for budget control in states, and at the same time, we've got this out-of-control situation up here in the federal government. Uh, how do we get the innovation of states and localities transferred to a federal government? Well, I guess I would say it's that's tough. <laughs> I do think decentralizing is the way to go. I, you know, one of the things I highly recommend is that people follow what the British Conservative Party has done. I think they, you know, I covered British politics in the, in the in, when Thatcher was there and then when John Major was there, and they suffered a series of crushing defeats. Uh, and it took them a while to figure out how to present themselves. And they're not only always there, but the core argument that they made, uh, that David Cameron and George Osborne, the Chancellor, made, was that Margaret Thatcher was right for her time. In an age when socialism was on the march, we needed that. But we've got a different set of problems now, uh, and our core problem is the fracturing of society, is lack of social trust, which we have in this country, uh, and a disillusionment with the center. And therefore, we need, to, we need to do a couple things. One of the things we need to do is say, we are for society, but we're not for the state. We're for strengthening the bonds of society. Because what Britain had was they essentially lost social trust, as we have here, uh, lost a lot of the family networks that I was describing, and as a result, saw a sharp increase in crime. And to counteract that, the central state came in with sort of extreme measures. So in Britain, there are cameras everywhere. So you had the weakening of society and the strengthening of the state. And they said, we've got to strengthen society and weaken the central state. And so they've put great emphasis since being elected on devolution of power. And so we now have a perverse situation because the federal government can borrow forever until the bond markets decide not to. They can. And states can. That we're weakening the levels of government closest to the people and strengthening the ones farthest. Uh, and uh, obviously, I don't think we should get rid of these. We should, we should allow states to borrow. And I don't think we should continue to allow. Um, federal government to subsidize the states, but uh, devolving power to state and local level seems to be the, uh, the solution to that. Now, as for the specific state budgets, I'm sure some of you uh, follow Governor Christie in New Jersey, and I think he's on the leading edge of what needs to be done. He's taking some pretty bold measures, taking some hits, but so far with, with quite surprising success. Uh, and as I look around other states, you look, there are like 10 states that are in a complete panic. That, that's one layer of the debt that's exploding, and I think you can do that without cutting state government uh, effectiveness if the central government will devolve powers. But evolution seems to be the evolution of the essence of what the Republicans should be talking about. You did a 
great piece in the book on the excerpts. And could you comment on where the political demographics are with that group, especially given that a lot of the excerpts have massive foreclosure rates and that sort of Yeah, well, I've, I've done this uh, book on places like Douglas County, Colorado, Loudoun County, out here, um, uh, Mesa, Arizona, which has more people living in it than live in Cincinnati and Atlanta. And unfortunately, I didn't choose Target as my my site. I chose uh, Home Depot as the place that I wrote about. I wrote about if you want to really get the sense of America, you got to watch an, an American man buy a barbecue grill in a Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he's most emotionally exposed. suburbs tend to vote Democratic. The more further out you go, the more Republican, and that's true in just city after city. But why do people move to those suburbs, to the Loudoun counties, to where there are the big box malls? They move there because they want an orderly place to raise their kids. They want order and security. And they're tremendously, I call these places Mayberries with Blackberries. Because the, the demographics of these suburbs are 1950s demographics very low divorce rates, there's very high income equality. If you look at the Republican areas, you've got high income inequality. Uh, the Democratic areas like Manhattan, you get extremes. And But they want an orderly place to raise their kids. And they, Bill Clinton captured this pretty well, I thought, when he was president. People have a sense, I can control my own family. I'm successful at leading my own life. But there are things coming at me that I can't control and I need a little help with that. And so he would do little things like the beat chip. Remember, and that was telling those parents, I'm on your side in providing a secure orderly place. My favorite Bill Clinton micro initiative was no handguns for deadbeat dads, a perfect double carom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but my view is they still want order and security. They vote for whatever party seems most orderly. And for a while, it was the Republicans because they were managers. After Iraq and Katrina, it seemed like Obama. He seemed like an orderly guy. And but, but order and security is still there. And now, because of what's happened, they've pulled back. And there's great emphasis on the Tea Party, but the movement in this country is not the Tea Party. It's in the center. It's from independents who were supporting Obama is now sharply opposed. It's the movement, and this, to me, is interesting, the movement on issue after issue. So if you ask people, do you think global warming is real? The number saying that one is up. Do support gun control. The numbers say no is up. On taxes, role of government, every single issue, there's been a move from independence to the right. Even on issues Barack Obama hasn't touched, there's movement to the right. Uh, and so, uh, I'm afraid that's me. No. Uh, uh, so uh, they are they're moving to the right, but that fundamental emphasis on order still has not changed. And, and that is why, you know, I give a lot of talks, and that is why the fiscal issue is paramount in their minds. Uh, and the way I explain the fiscal issue, just very briefly, is uh, we had a change in culture in this country. If you look at consumption patterns through the course of the 20th century, we had uh, 
consumption about 60% of GDP. Starting in the late 70s, it shoots up to 70%. Personal debt for 80 years is 45% of GDP. It shoots up to 150% of GDP. We just had a change in culture. And acceptance of debt, we've now transferred from private debt to public debt. But they feel that that is a moral issue because that's what's undermining their border and security. And so they seem like Tea Party types now, but because of the foreclosures, but they're essentially bourgeois, border-oriented people, and they will do it. Join Emerson, Missouri. Give me your thoughts, or positive thoughts, if you would, on where you think healthcare will be 10 years from now. Um, I, I'm more, I mentioned the modesty of the top, and I understood where the president was coming from. I liked the president a lot personally. I liked a lot of people around him. But one thing that um, he does not suffer from is an excess of modesty. Uh, I always say that in 80 years, the word Obama will be the unit of measure for self-confidence. So you know, he has 80 Obamas, so he has 20 Obamas. Uh, and part of that self-confidence is good, but the part that's bad is the belief that if they get a bunch of smart people in a room, they can solve problems. And so there's a tendency, uh, and healthcare is an example of, with the Medicare Advisory Board, to concentrate a lot of power on a bunch of smart people, and then they'll create the rules. And they, they sincerely have faith that they will be able to pull down costs as a result of that. And I sincerely have faith that they're crazy. <laughs>